We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. The bottles aren't as cool. No, but when you drop the cap, it sounds cool. I, I appreciate that. I instantly got an aroma from that. Oh. That's such a wild concept. It happens every once in a while. Usually it happens often when we do like hoppy beers. Yeah. If it's like a can, I'll open it and I'll just get this like big woof. Especially if someone's using like a Didn't like that cryo with the or single hill last week? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. like really hop for it, especially I think like cryo hops. I can like crack and just be like, Whoa, I smell beer. So you can find this podcast most places you can find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Radio.com, 1080thefan.com, Omni, and Stitcher. You can put it on the board. Yeah! <laughs> uh, you can find us on social media. Instagram.com slash Beers on Us is our main hub. We're on Facebook.com slash Beers on Us and at Beers on Us Pod on Twitter. Our personal pages, I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Patrick is at PDD085 on both Twitter and Instagram. Getting my Twitter life a little more up to date. I saw you start to tweet a couple of times. Not much beer stuff. Um, it's mostly um, be more sportsy, more stuff, sportsy stuff and uh, maybe uh, uh, a little politics too, maybe. Ooh, be careful. Trying not to go down that rabbit be hole. Be careful. I just saw the, the, the random bust of York uh, up in uh, Mount Tabor that I just thought was really, really cool. My mom sent me that article and oh, she yeah. goes, this is really cool. And I was like, yep. I'm really fascinated as I was as a kid. My dad was a big historian. And so growing up, he was always, you know, we're always watching back when the History Channel was the History Channel and not, you know, Antique Roadshow. Well, not that. That's not on that. That's PBS. That's also but, a great uh, show. You, you yes, that is. Trap. That is. But uh, like Pawn Stars and stuff like that before before the History Channel was that. Ancient what, Aliens. Ancient Aliens and all that garbage. So we always, we always watched history stuff. And I was just fascinated by the Lewis and Clark expedition. And of course, my two favorite. Favorite people in that whole thing is Sakagawea and York, mm. um, the, the 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 minorities. For those who don't know slaves. what Sakagawea is, uh, most people call her Sakagawea. Yeah, that's which because I guess we're is white incorrect. people. Yeah, Sakagawea. I just learned that this second. <laughs> yes, Sakagawea and York. Uh, York was a slave. Sakagawea was was a native of the land, and their contributions to the expedition got them places uh, that they probably would have never gotten to, and we'd probably have never seen them again. So if you want non-beer takes, you can follow Patrick on Twitter. Yeah. Um, if you want pictures, you can follow him on Instagram. It's if... not like pro-Trump or pro-AOC stuff. It's just like human rights stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm almost purely sports on Twitter, yeah. as well as like goofs and gaffs and laughs, so if you want to follow me there, you can. Um, 
subscribe, rate, review wherever you find us. It helps and download the episodes. And then obviously feel free to DM us. Instagram is where we get most of our DMs and interactions. So if you want to reach us, you know, even if we don't respond to all the DMs, we do see them all. Uh, I'll try to throw likes on them sometimes if I see them quickly or I'll respond quickly if I have a second. Um, so, you know, keep throwing them out there. We uh, we appreciate all you listeners a ton. Did I forget anything? I think that's it. I don't it, think right? so. Cool. I'm trying to be better about that because I find myself waxing poetic about something stupid and then i realize that i haven't done any of the actual important admin kind of stuff <laughs> so i'm just trying to get it out of the way speaking of guess who's an admin on the facebook page this guy i know i got i saw it yesterday and i was like "Ooh, patrick remembered <laughs> dude it took me so long to figure out how to do it god facebook is confusing facebook is stupid uh it but is we got dumb. we gotta be on there right yeah, so we gotta do it um all right for the olds it's on for the, the olds ep- on the episode today we are going to on the episode on the podcast today on today's episode <laughs> We're going to do trends, and for some reason, I thought we had already done this, but I looked, and we haven't. Well, because I think we've we've mentioned it when we do styles, when we talk about this sort of up-and-coming thing, you know, the WTF we did with, you know, something like that with, uh, the, like, the Y with lactose and right. sour. What's the point? What's the point? Yeah, that's what it was. What's the point? We've we've dabbled in it, but I, I kind of want to just kind of dive right in. All right. Well, we have a beer in front of us. It is the Chuckanut. Italian-style Pilsner, which I saw on the shelf the other day, and I didn't buy it, but I wanted to get it, and now I'm happy to be trying it. And uh, this was the brainchild of one Patrick Harris, and he... we full. I'm the brewer at Chuckanut? Thank you. Just want to say thank you. All that hard work has really paid off. Full disclosure behind the curtain, neither of us had a clue what we were doing today. Nope. Uh, Patrick texted me this morning, hey, can you do the podcast today? This is Wednesday. Uh, yeah, sure. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I spent like 20, You're 30 minutes. You're the host, Mike. You tell me. <laughs> I spent like 20, 30 minutes in the shower. Like That's my that's my thinking place. You spend 30 minutes in the shower? 15 to 20, usually. I'm about 15 to 22. Sometimes nice. if I'm thinking, though, you know, it's... Uh, oh, I'm always thinking. Look, showers are great. I'm They're always warm. thinking. You're comfortable. Mm-hmm. You're in your birthday suit, which is mm-hmm. the most comfortable way to be. That's how you should be. Have you seen this body? Uh, no. Oh, wait. <laughs> Have you seen this body? No, but I've seen it, and I like to keep it behind a curtain in the shower under some water. <laughs> behind closed doors. <laughs> no, you cannot see. No, you are not allowed. Um, and uh, I was spending some time in there trying to think, and I was like, man, like we, we've we done a lot of creative thinking during COVID for episodes because there hasn't been a lot of obvious things to do. Mm-hmm. And my my creative brain juices ran out this week, and I was just like, I, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know. I went to Market of Choice to get some lunch. I got a beer that I guess we can do for beer of the week today. Sure. Just because I was like, oh, this is interesting, but it didn't spark any sort of style. You did the same thing. You went out and found these beers, and you're like, oh, Italian-style Pilsner. That's a trend. Yeah, I found two Italian Pilsners at Cerveza on my way here. Because I was just I was looking for a beer for the beer of the week because I wasn't sure whose turn it was. So it was figured, yours. But... So I figured I'd just grab one. And then I was looking for something for us to drink just in the beginning. And then I saw two Italian Pilsners and went, baby. Oh, Wow. It really gave you a visceral reaction. It huh? did. No, I just had to burp. That nice was weird. Burp. Um, so yeah, we'll be talking about trends on the episode today. When you should follow them, what kind of trends are worth it, what aren't worth it, etc. You know, we've dabbled in this, like what like Patrick said, talking about hazies and stuff like that, but we'll kind of narrow it down a little bit more into the trends. Uh weekend beer wise first though. We did a little weekend beer indoor dining experience together this si, Sunday. Senor. Uh, we went to we went Dutch. We went Dutch. We went. It's not uh, really true, but we, we doubled. Well, yeah, we paid for ourselves, but we we did double date. Um, that was strange. I just saw like this weird reflection coming in from the window next to me. Oh yeah, because they're doing stuff in there. I got very scared. Things are moving at the station. Something's right happening. Now. I don't a bunch know what's of stuff happening. Is going on. I talked with Joey. There's some new morning show, and they're gonna. 
do it in there, non-sports related, some music thing. I don't know. Okay. Sorry he for was my... Just like, he was just like, I got to clean it up in here. And I was so... like, oh, this record shelf looks nice. He goes, it's yours. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and he goes, who knows, man? Just take it. No one will know. <laughs> that sounds very joy. As Sorry I, for... As, as I just made that official that I'm going to take it. Sorry for my squirrel moment. It just kind of caught the corner of my eye. Um, we went uh, double date out to Berelick's new large ranch pizza shared space drink uh drink uh the original space that has now become larger and larger and larger <laughs> last time we were there we were at the outdoor back parking lot patio thing when mm-hmm. we had beer of the week released and since then they took over what used to be lad tap house on that corner there mm-hmm. of grant and 18th is that what 11th. it is? 11th. Not a, okay. Grant and 11th. Man, you knew it was on Grant. I knew 11th, and I was like, 11th and a side street. That's before division. I think <laughs> it was Grant because my GPS told me to turn on Grant. So it might be like one street it's up. It's sandwiched in between the row of uh, RVs, homeless camp, the block Behind west. it. Yes. yes. <laughs> and uh, houses yes. on the block north. Um, so we went there. Uh, it was my first time meeting Patrick's Milady. partner. Milady. And it was the first time for Patrick to meet my new girlfriend as well. Holla. And uh, we had a wonderful time, had some good pizza, had some great beer. Uh, I think I had their secret, super secret IPA. Mm-hmm. And then I had their, oh, I forget the name of it now. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Basic something. It, it had it had Strata and Mosaic and Chinook hops in it, I think. Oh, the Bright Visions? Yes, that one. Um I had that one as well. That was very good. I, I like that one a lot. I had that one as well, along with and I had a the, the Pale. Mm. The Never Ender. Never Ender Pale. Never Ender. And then I bought uh, four beers, and I got the Thunderbolt Porter, which I had yesterday. It was very good. I got the Barrel-Aged Pancake House Stout. Ooh, holla. I had the Pancake House last week, and I saw Barrel-Aged and went, well, <laughs> twist my arm. Send it on up. And then I got a couple IPAs for myself as well. Um, and I ended up getting the Hellas, or the Hellsner. I think they call it a Pilsner style, but it's called Hellsner. I got the new Hop Guy, because that's a new series from them, which I drank last night. I liked the first one more. I think the second one had a little beefier body. I think I liked how dry and light-bodied the, the first one was. Mm-hmm. And then I had a punk rock time and something else that I can't remember. Might be in the fridge. I also found. Oh, a never ender. Right. I also found, you guys will never believe this. I found at Safeway. What? Beer. Uh-huh. An IPA. What? That was two weeks old. Say what? And I bought it immediately. Well, you should. It was uh, Crux's Bushy Park IPA. Was it good? I've only had one so far. It's solid. Okay, yeah, cool. it's a solid IPA. I've always been a big Crux guy in this podcast. I know you've been a little bit middling with Crux, but mm. I've, I've always like supported Crux and like most of the beers that they've done. And then I also found a straight out of Portland from Migration, which was only three weeks old. And how was that? Have that you had was, one of those? That was good. See, that beer when that beer is fresh and on, I literally think that's one of the best bang for your buck beers in town. Which is why Migration kind of. You know, they don't do a ton of different styles, and that could be because of COVID right now, but, like, that beer fresh is pretty damn good. I also looked for the Sun River blue can you were telling me about, but it wasn't at the Safeway. Well, I found it. Oh, yeah? I've already drank one six-pack of it, <laughs> and I got another in the fridge. And I figured because Sun River is there, they might have it there, but I did not see it. So uh... I know, again, this is my Ruben's Bits and Bobs thing. It's like, anytime I see Clearview from Sun River, it's like, buy it. It's fresh. Buy it. <laughs> buy it. Buy it. Buy it. So, all right, I'm going to, I can already tell i'm gonna ride that train for a while i just i was out of beer 
and I wasn't going to market a choice that day. And I was like, okay, let me see if I can find anything at Safeway that's worth it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking under cans, and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. And I see, I always try to find the newer looking ones first. Like, I haven't seen that before. And I saw this Crux one, and I was like, well, I've never heard of that one before. Flipped it up, and it was like 2 8 2021. And I was like, ah! <laughs> I, did, I instantly texted you a picture yeah, of yeah. it. Uh, and then I was like, well, okay, that's six. Let me get another six. And I was just looking and I was like, oh, I haven't had migration in a hot minute. Flipped under the straight out of Portland. It was like January 27th. And I was like, so well, let's do it. That's let's my two six packs right yeah. there. Yeah, that's great. Uh, 21 so that, days. That was my week in beer. I don't think I had anything else that was, uh, oh, I've had three of the four Crypt Keepers from Grains, which have been delightful as well. So, yeah. uh, let's see. Went out to the coast for an evening with the lady and some friends he was getting married reels real small so we were you know we we're playing it covid safe we ended up uh having dinner at pacific seafood if you know them they sell a lot of stuff to restaurants around town you'll see their trucks yes i never had it fresh at the source there was some really really good stuff mm. you could tell it hadn't been like frozen yet sort of thing you know i'm not a huge seafood guy so oh and i'm big seafood yeah and, and my girlfriend is actually allergic to seafood oh, so boom that well, was, that, that solves that it does it's fine I, for me i grew up in a house with my sister who still to this day does not eat seafood so it was just like i'll take hers <laughs> uh so i'm really into that and what was interesting was they had buoy northwest red on hmm. they had apocalypse from 10 barrel and well i don't i don't drink that stuff uh so i was like oh i'll, I'll do the red from buoy it must have been the bottom of the keg because it was sludgy and thick. Oh, no. It didn't taste bad per se. But it that just, consistency it ruins it. It just looked bad and kind of tasted yeasty. And this isn't a buoy thing. It was just the end of the keg. And it's COVID. So everyone's trying How to get How long it. has it been sitting there? I have no idea. And they want to get the last drop out to make money. I get it. But I didn't finish it anyway. Uh, but outside of that, I had I had kind of a fun situation. I I drank a bunch of those block. I drank those block fifteen beers that I got. Right. Uh, the Nug Hug, which I thought was really good. Yep. Um, it was a solid beer. Yep. I thought that beer was really great. Had the block fifteen haze to it. Didn't taste as high ABV as it was. Great hop character. Was just like a ooh great block fifteen beer. Last night I drank the Billy Breathes, the uh, the Fish album reference. Mm-hmm. Very hazy, very sweet. Um, I initially took a sip of it and was going to drain pour it, and then uh, was suggested not to, and I ended up finishing it. Okay, and I thought it was okay for you. That's for a me. big. That's a big thing for me. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get it again. Um, it was an eight percent hazy, a little on the sweet side for me, but it had cool hop character. Uh, I I was pleasantly surprised at how much I drank of that. I drank the whole thing. And then I had a really cool uh, experience. Um, I I had a can of Hetty Topper and a can of Focal Banger mm-hmm. from The Alchemist that I wanted to uh, have my girlfriend try. Because um, she's, she's into beer like all of you guys are. And whenever I see quote-unquote famous beers, I always like, hey, you should try this. Whether you like it or not, try it. It's famous beer. Yep. Whether it's Pliny the Elder, Hetty Topper, whatever it is. And I'm out at the beach and I opened the Hetty Topper and I said to my friends, I said, do you guys want to try this like uber famous beer? And they were like, sure. They're not big beer drinkers. Right. There's a lot of wine and Keystone lights out there. I know, okay. not, not even Coors Light, Key Lights. College. Yeah, you're like, yeah, we're in our 30s and yeah. he was in his 40s. Anyway. <laughs> Keystone Light was my college beer of choice. So, Stones, yeah. baby. Yeah. Um, Keith Stone. And, uh, and they're like, okay, sure. And so I poured into some glasses, and they're like tasting. They're like, "Oh, that's all right. Why is this beer so famous?" 
and I was literally stumped. I was like, uh, it's just this, it's this really famous hazy from Vermont. They're like, okay. I was like, oh man, tough crowd. Vermont was the, <laughs> Vermont was the birthplace know, of the hazy. I, I tried and... to explain, then someone was like, are, it's your turn. Are you going to play or what? And I was like, oh, I guess nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who wants cream? Okay, no cream. And so, and so, you know, I finished that. And then I had the focal banger last night and, um, that's a good beer. Yeah, we enjoyed it when we had it yeah, on the podcast. I think I've too. decided that if there's Focal Banger, I don't know if I'd buy a four pack, but it's nice to grab one and have one. Outside of that, I drank that six pack of Clearview. Um, I was at Prost. No, I'm thinking of some other time. Never mind. Okay. I'm good. Uh, one other note I had was uh, I did get into the six pack of Westerly Pills from Double Mountain. Oh, yeah. It's a little oxidized. Um, that's too bad. And, a- it's, and it's young. I, I, I'm having trouble because it's bottles finding the date. I always struggle mm-hmm. on the bottles, so I don't know. Um, I think because it was a Pilsner, I was like, ah, it might last a little bit longer. Uh, it might. It, I did get it at Safeway, so, you know, to be fair, it could be old, right? It could be at this point. It could now. also have gotten warm and then cold and right. then warm and then cold. It's just, it's got the oxidized flavor at the at the back end of the palate. That's too and bad. It's not enough for me. I'm not big tra- on drain pouring because I don't want to waste the money, but it's not enough for me to drain pour them, but it's not my favorite. No, that's too bad. So... It sucks, but it is what it is. All right. Uh, oh, one final note. I've gotten a couple of comments from listeners. Apparently, our complete and utter pain last week was extremely funny. I know. We were really worried that it was not going to be a good, an entertaining episode. But And everyone's like, no, no, no. Thank you for suffering because it made us laugh. I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We I, appreciate that. I'm so happy that our now destroyed forever palettes are, are <laughs> enough to make you laugh for five minutes. <laughs> God, I can still just remember smelling it. Yeah, I know. That first smell of that golden nail that was nine months old. Oof. 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 It's almost making me forget that I'm drinking a wonderful beer right now. Yeah, this beer is interesting. It's quite bitter. It's my favorite Italian style pilsner I think I've had so far. Really? Maybe, maybe second favorite. I really like the Cold Fire one a lot, um, but this one is delightful. Just yeah. no love from the boys and girls over at uh, Von Ebes, huh? That's my number one. That's good. We're allowed to have different opinions. Yeah, this you know? this one's interesting. This one, I think. I mean, I think it checks all the boxes for for Italian style pilsners. I find it quite bitter, and for me. I mean, I'm into that. It's a clean bitterness. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not like a like a distracting bitterness. I find it bitter but smooth at the same time. It's chuckanut. Yep. Yeah. Classic. Skagit Valley. Classic, classic. Man, these guys are so cool. And we, I have another one in the fridge that maybe we'll drink tonight uh, from Ferment. Their new, one of their new top ferment, bottom ferment is an Italian Pilsner. That is such a great series, too. Um, okay, so the topic of the podcast today is... Trends. Trends. And the reason is because Italian-style Pilsner is now a trend. Yes. If Chuck and Nut jumps on board, it's a real thing. We've seen many a brewery now make an Italian-style Pilsner. I do believe the first one I saw was from Von Ebert. Um, Maybe Wayfinder. Yeah, one of the two. One of the two was the first one I saw in Portland for me do an Italian-style Pilsner. And I'm pretty sure it was Von Ebert, though, because it was the time we went there and we did the episode there, mm-hmm. and they had the Italian-style Pilsner, and they had the French-style Pilsner back-to-back on the tap list, something oh. like Le Chat or Le Chat or something like that. Oh, Le Chat. Yeah. Pierre Le Chat. Yep. That was a French-style Pilsner. Yep. And I remember asking, I was like, so what makes this Italian and French? And they were kind of like, hey, hey, hey. It's more the name than anything. You seen uh, that episode of The Office? Hey. Yeah. It reminds me of that. Yeah. I think the first Italian I had is the Von Ebert because I think it, I had it at the Glendevere location. And it was, I was like, Italian Pilsner? What the hell is that? 
All right, I trust Sean. I'll have one of those, please. <laughs> I was like, this is phenomenal. And I still don't think we've gotten the straight answer of what makes this an Italian style Pilsner. I don't, that's because I don't think it exists. Right. I think it's like a cool naming thing. Yeah. Right? Um, I guess I, I like Italian style Pilsners better than regular Pilsners just because to me they seem to mimic IPAs more than true Pilsners. They feel Northwest. Yeah. Is what they feel like. I think if you slapped Italian Pilsner on Frames Pilsner, people would be like, this is a great Italian Pilsner. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's just a Northwest hoppy. I think that's why bitterness to it. I think that's why I enjoy them more because when I have regular pilsners, I'm I'm missing that hop character. Mm -hmm. It's there a little bit, but it's like this is like, hey, there's hops here. Hello, hang out with me. Um, so this was the idea of the podcast was okay. Italian style pilsners is a trend, right? Mm -hmm. Tons of breweries are making them now. They started with Von Eber, they started with Wayfinder, and they've kind of grown from there because those two made very successful Italian style pilsners and the horror pills and um and the one terrifico terrifico from Von Ebert. That's no, that's Wayfinder, right? That's Wayfinder. What's the Von Ebert one called? A- uh, Agostini. Agostini. That's I right. always want to say Angostura, but that those are bitters <laughs> that you make in cocktails. Uh, so I think those and were the Agostiner is a yeast. Agostini is the name of the beer. Is a very, very close name to other things that make you confused. Uh, so those are kind of the originators in Portland of that style, and we've seen it kind of boom, really. And Patrick posed the question based on this style, and we can kind of dive into the other trends as well. What makes it worth it to follow a trend? Um, is it worth it to follow the trend? And how do you know when to stop? You know, there's kind of questions that come with that. I have a very kind of black and white way that I look at these trends in general. Is And I and it's all because of my consecur. And it was from, I think, the very first episode we did on location. It was episode two of the Number podcast. Number two, West Coast IPAs. West Coast IPAs up at Grains. Live at Grains. And I remember asking him, because I don't think he had a hazy on, or I only had one when we went up there, and I was like, so the hazy trend is huge right Pandemic? now. Pandemic? I think that's his hazy. I have no idea. I think that's what it's called. Um, and I asked him, I was like, how do you view the hazy trend, and why do you only have one when so many breweries have five? Mm-hmm. And he said something like, I didn't want to do it in the first place, but I realized that everyone would come in and say, hey, what's your hazy? And we didn't have one. And I went, well, I can do a hazy better than most guys. Let me, let me get the hazy to be the way I think hazy should taste and then sell it. And he did. They had a hazy on tap, so anybody who came in wanting a hazy, it was there. But he thought his hazy was better than all the other hazies in the area. But I do think that there's an interesting, you know, not, not to railroad you here, but I do think there's an interesting point in what Hot. he said there. Um, was that people are, he knew people would come in and say, where's your hazy? So I had to make it. That's an interesting aspect of trends as well, where it's like, you know, I, you know, if you're wearing Birkenstocks, wearing socks while wearing your Birkenstocks is really comfortable, but you look like a 55 year old dad. No offense to 55 year old dads. You look like a shoebie. I'm not far away from that. So (laughs) I, I, no offense to anybody out there, but it became this like fashion faux pas that like you can't wear socks in your Birkenstocks, so then people stop doing it. There's some of that like, some of that aspect as well. Like, oh, I have to do an Italian Pilsner. Oh, I have to do a Schwarz. I have to do a pastry stout because everyone else is doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting aspect of trends as well. Um, by the way, for those of you who caught my Rocket Power reference, go you. <laughs> you did not catch it. Went right over your head. No, not at all. <laughs> Although I think I'm gonna buy a Switch soon, and then I will play that. Isn't that the driving game with the soccer balls? That's Rocket League. Oh. Rocket Power was an old Nickelodeon cartoon. Oh. 
where they called people from out of town shoebies because they would wear flip flops with socks. Oh, and that was like, oh, they're not from here. It was a beach town, and they were all like skateboarders. So for those of you who are cool enough like me to catch your my rocket power reference, bravo. When you said flip flops and socks, that makes me think of Outcast. So I also think that's an interesting thing. Not to fully break away from my point, but there are trends that are just styles that already exist. Like a Schwarz beer is a style. Sure. Dunkles, Oktoberfests, Meritsons, Festbeers. So those are styles that exist and were born 100 plus years ago in Europe and now are becoming popular. That's a different kind of trend than a hazy or a lactose or a milkshake stout, which I guess is probably like lactose. Pastry stout. Pastry stout or milkshake IPA, I guess is more what I was thinking of. Um, And even to an extent, Italian style pilsners, because these are not things that ever existed. They're just unique names yes nobody has come up with like right i don't think i mean i could be wrong but i don't think the brewers association has an official definition of what an italian style pilsner is so i think that's also two different factions of trends but my my very black and white opinion is is this when you are trying to follow a trend i agree you need to have something with that on your tap list so that when people come in who are only there to follow the trends have something to drink right um but I think there should be a very specific way that brewers view this. If they view a trend and say, I can do that better than anybody else, or I can make a great blank, then do it. But if you're only making it because, oh, well, look at all the popularity blank brewery is getting from this beer, and people want this, and I'm going to make it. And you're not doing it because you want to outdo the competition. You're not doing it because um, you want to make a great beer. You're doing it purely just to get people in the door. I think that's a bad mistake. I, I, I would agree. And so it's very black and white for me. It's either make it a good beer or just put one on, on draft and just like because you have to, and that's it. And you know, I think I'm a I think I'm a little I think I'm a little black and white with you, but for very different ways. I tend to mine might be the more like I guess like hippie approach to it. And this is I will one hundred percent blame and credit Ben Edmonds with this. When we when when we opened Slabtown, he had really only made one hazy, and it was an Imperial Hoppy Hefeweizen that he collabed with Kevin at Wayfinder. So not really a hazy, but it was just kind of like, what's this hazy crap? And I remember having a conversation with him about hazies, and he ended up reiterating to this to me over the years about really any kind of style that can't, that up and coming Italian pilsners, pastry stouts. You know, lactose. You said they're doing a lot of lactose, lactose now. sours and IPAs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is Ben always asked me why? Like, why are we making this style? What are we going to learn from it? What is the point? Because I think he would agree with you and say that it's not to do it to just get people in the door. Because I don't know if because people are already in the door is my theory, and so. If you're making it because someone wants it, that's that's a bad business model because then you're saying they don't want to be here if they don't. If somebody walks into a brewery and there's no hazy, 99% of the time they're not going to say, I'm out of here. So the question was always, and I agreed with it, is why? Why do Italian style pilsners? What are we getting out of this? What are we getting out of pastry stouts? Are we learning anything from raw materials? Are we learning anything from hop combinations? Why do this? And that I think has a lot of, 
I think that has a lot of great aspects to it because that's kind of more the science angle. Of yeah, brain. exactly. That's the more like, okay, if we're going to do this, I want to learn something from it. I don't want to just do it. And that's kind of what Mike said as well of if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it my way and it's going to taste the way I think it should taste that in a, in a roundabout way is kind of the same thing is that I'm not going to just make this cloudy, sweet, fruity, juicy thing. I want to I, I, I want to appreciate it for what it is. Although I do think we've seen, I don't know if a lot is the right word to use, but we've seen breweries just make that. Exactly. Juicy, exactly. hazy, pulpy, just because everyone else is making juicy, hazy, pulpy, and that's what people are going there to drink. And I think some of that lands on, I think some of that is a little bit of pressure on the small guys, on the really small breweries that don't have huge barrelage, don't have big tanks, that that trendy stuff like a hazy and like a pastry stout, I wouldn't say, I mean, and maybe the the, the smoothie sours now, but an Italian Pilsner is not going to get somebody in the door. But if you see an, if you're flipping through Instagram and there's some new brewery, you know, let's use one of the smaller ones, for example, like a threshold. And you're like, oh, I, I, I haven't been there. I keep hearing stuff, but I don't know anything. And it's like, well, they got a hazy. And it's like, well, I like hazies. All right, let's go check it out. And plus, I think some of those, some of these trends are a lot more accessible drinking beers. Like hazy IPAs are more accessible than hoppy beers. Pastry stouts are more accessible than an Irish dry stout or a Black Butte Porter. Um, I would disagree with that when it comes to like an Italian style Pilsner or the Renaissance of say a Schwarz beer. But I think those are a little bit more difficult. Yeah, those are a little they, more. They seem more like expert level. Yeah, right? and yeah, and they're trendy. They are still trendy, like you said, a different kind of trendy, but they're trendy to like us. They're not trendy to the average person. And so yeah. I do think some of the small breweries end up feeling a little bit of pressure to have something to get people to come back. And that's what's so crazy about trends. And to 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 go into this next phase, the question of how long, how do you know what's worth it and how do you know what when to stop? Knowing when to stop is when people stop buying it. Either A, you're not making it good enough, or B, people are kind of over it. You know, Dunkles, I find, got got a lot of cred. That's a seasonal beer to me. Yeah. To where I think a Schwarz might be a little more year-round. But I think a Dunkles a little more seasonal for some people. But is a hazy seasonal? Not really. Nope. People that like sour beers, are they going to stop drinking smoothies? Like the sour smoothies? That'll be the interesting one to see. That's one for me that I have a really hard time putting my thoughts out there about because, to be completely frank... Looking at it makes me sick to my stomach. This is true. There like, is an aesthetic issue with it. I I cannot look at it and want to drink it. Mm-hmm. So it is so far out of my normal range of what I would drink. Mm-hmm. Sours have already have always been tough for me. I've been learning how to kind of find good flavors in them, and I've, I've kind of opened my palate a bit to sours. That looks like a daiquiri. <laughs> it looks like I'm going to drink a, a virgin strawberry daiquiri in a, in a glass, which well, is well, like, hey, I like daiquiris. They're tasty. Sure. But not if I want to drink a beer. And with all the lactose in it and probably the yeast and suspension, I do not want to wake up in the morning and take the worst shit of my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Excuse the language for the children at home. But that's, but that's an issue as well. However, Mike, I felt this strongly about hazy IPAs, and they are going anywhere no that style is here to stay and 
you know, I don't think pastry stouts are going anywhere. I, I'm not so sure that smoothie sours are going anywhere. It's one of those things where hazy's changed for you and for me too, although I wasn't quite as harshly against them in the beginning just because I didn't know a lot about them because people started doing them better, right? Agreed. I agreed. Mean, and there's a lot of pastry stouts out there. Um, you know, we're going to have a semi-trendy beer for the beer of the week today. There's a lot of pastry stouts out there that are good. Yes. Um, I mean, one could argue that the Cocoa Cow from, from Sun River is kind of a pastry stout. Uh, sort of. Kind of. It's like I an mean, OG version of it a exactly, little bit. It's just, it's just a classic milk stout. But the sweetness, the chocolate level, it's way desserty than, say, a Black Pew Porter or but, a, a dry Irish stout. Now, as a stout fan myself, I even find the pastry stouts to be a little bit much for me, which is funny because I like really rich and flavorful stouts. Mm-hmm. But there's something that's almost artificial in some of the pastry mm. stouts that re- it's obvious. Um, if they actually use the real ingredients in the beer, then you can tell. Which some do. A lot of them do, yes. There's a big difference. Um, and you'll see, even see it on the can. It says, we used blank and blank. Mm-hmm. Or we have things, of, we have flavors in there, mm-hmm. right? I remember, I think it was the Sasquatch and beer. And other natural flavors. And you're like, Pfft. I think it was the Sasquatch beer. It was the brownie peanut butter stout. Okay. And it was like brewed with real brownies and peanut butter. Mm-hmm. That was a really good beer. Yeah, you're like, cool. I enjoyed that a lot. Like brownies are my favorite dessert and peanut butter is like my favorite dessert flavor. <laughs> so together it was like heaven for me. Do you consider peanut butter dessert? Dessert flavor. It's not dessert, but peanut butter flavor in desserts is very common. Okay. So like I, if I see every... something that's on a dessert menu and it's peanut butter, give it to me that's now. funny because when I think of peanut butter, I think of like breakfast. Yeah. So I put peanut butter on my waffles. Yeah, I put peanut butter on syrup. Dessertish. Yeah, I put peanut butter on my bagel. You know, I mean, so it's I it's oh, a breakfast thing for me. Really? Oh yeah. You're a savage. I think I've talked about this before. I don't know. I have my own <clears throat> personal bagel combination that I've made that probably nobody else does, and it's genius. And at some point, someone's going to pay me for it, probably. <laughs> so, here's my basic bagel rule: is peanut oh, we're butter into it? Okay. Oh, just quickly. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not too long. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> is peanut butter and jelly good together? Yes. Classic combination. Classic combination. Is cream cheese and jelly good together? Yes. It's a classic combination on bagels. I don't care for it, but yes, you are correct. And then I said, okay, peanut butter and cream cheese. Is that good together? I don't know. So I tried it. It's good together. Mm. So I put cream cheese on the bottom because it's more solid, Mm -hmm. peanut butter in the middle, and jelly on the top. It is effing delightful. Wow. It is so good. That sounds like fat kid food. Do you see me? <laughs> I only have half a bagel. Yeah. And I put the toppings sure, on sure. top, and that's it. Well, it and, is it is so, so good. Well, that's actually an, an interesting an interesting Com- story to- Complete tangent. To, no, 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 no. It actually ties into this next question that I was going to ask. Because another thing that really surprises me with, like, pastry stouts and hazies and- you know, a lot of these trends that aren't like the nerdy trends, like the Italian Pilsners and the Schwarzes of the world. I find it odd that they are, that those trends are something that people are so into in such a health ingredient conscious uh, culture mm-hmm. we live in in the greater Portland area. Um, you know, we probably have more vegan restaurants per capita than any place in in America. I mean, I could be wrong, but I mean, we got to be higher up there. We're very like organic, free range, non-animal cruelty sort of sort of kind of place that you're willing to put these high caloric trends 
into your belly. Mm-hmm. And that is something that surprises me. Well, because, to be fair, craft because this, beer is a lot of high-calorie, empty calories, too. Agree, agreed. But the gap between this Italian-style Pilsner in calories and a Coors Light can't be the gap between a West Coast IPA and a hazy double IPA. Right. Like, the gap between that and calories has to be huge. A dry Irish stout to a pastry stout, non-barrel-aged, I'm not even counting barrel-aged, non-barrel-aged, the calories have to be insane. Mm-hmm. And that is something that blows my mind, and that could be the power of trends. This tastes good, people like it, I'm supposed to like it, I'm into that. People view calories and drinks and calories and foods very differently as well. You, you're right on that. That's the truth. Um... But yeah, so anyway, my original point was... I definitely don't care about my calories and drinks. (laughs) (laughs) My original point is that as long as they're using the natural ingredients or the real ingredients Mm -hmm. in those pastry beers, then I think they're very good. But I think too many people use the, you know, and other natural flavors to make it cheaper, and it... It shows. It becomes way too sweet. It becomes very artificial tasting. And there's still something to be gained in those beers. Like, it still tastes all right. But compared to when you have ones that actually put, like, made with real Reese's peanut butter cups, like, whoa. Those are a huge difference. Does that factor into the longevity of the trend? I think so. Or do you think that's a palate-to-palate thing? I think it factors in. Because I think over time, people will kind of... You know when you're, like, having too much dessert? Like you like go to a candy store and you get just too much and you like you get your eyes are bigger than your mouth, <laughs> and like you you start eating it and you're like I just, I I feel bad now I can't oh, man, eat this I do anymore. That. I do that with desserts All my entire life. So if that becomes a I thing, also just with, don't eat a lot of desserts. You don't really eat a lot of food. Um, I've been getting better lately. If you if you uh, keep drinking and tasting artificial flavor after artificial flavor, you're gonna get sick of it. It's it's just the case, and that can factor into say the trend going the wrong way. Right? Can you would you say the same thing about puree versus real fruit? Uh, I don't know. I mean, because a puree is still made from real fruit originally, right? Or at least frozen fruit. In theory, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you ever make a frozen fruit smoothie? I do it all the time. You ever make a real fruit smoothie? It's amazing. Yeah. Like the difference is huge. I yeah, I could see that. I, it's hard for me to compare it because I haven't had those styles of beer. Um, like I said, it's hard for me to even look at them without like feeling sick. So I, I don't know how drastically different a real fruit smoothie sour is compared mm-hmm. to a puree smoothie sour. I don't know if it's as obvious as like when you can have a pastry stout that's not made with the real ingredients. And I guess I guess my thought is, how am I trying to say this? I've lost it. Damn it, I had it. That's okay. It's that I don't know if people think that way. Well, is what I'm saying. Are is, they actively thinking that way? Or is it going to be a subconscious like, mm, wow, that's too sweet and I can't have this anymore? I, huh, why is it, you know, I go I go to this brewery fill in the blank and have my trendy beer that has bad ingredients every Wednesday. And for some reason, I feel terrible every day Thursday. Do you think people eventually put that correlation together? Maybe. I mean, that I think that's the overall maybe uh, rhetorical question I'm asking here. I would say that most people would eventually put two and two together. Now, you can make the choice. Like some people who are lactose intolerant still have milk because they like it Mm. and they just deal with it, right? Like I would with cheese. Exactly. Um, I I even, as I've gotten older, have become a little bit more lactose intolerant. Like I notice I have more issues when I have a lot of dairy Mm -hmm. than I used to. Well, I mean, the human body is not meant. It's not going to stop me from having dairy because I I love it. I like ice cream. I like cereal. I like cheese. I like all of it. So. I, I'm just going to deal with it because mm-hmm. I like the food. So some people will probably just deal with it, mm-hmm. but other people will be like, 
I don't feel good having this. Yeah. It doesn't make me happy anymore. It'd be an interesting thing just to see, you know, because I don't think pastry stouts are going anywhere. I don't think hazy IPAs are going anywhere. No. I'll be interested to see if this Italian Pilsner hangs on. I think people seem to like it, and it seems that the marketing is going well, but it doesn't have the niche that a lot of those other do. And maybe that's what keeps those popularist trends is they are niche. I think maybe this is wrong, but the way I view it is the closer it is to a normal beer style, the longer it has to live. Hazy IPA is just an IPA made less bitter. And yeah, it's softer. Softer. Um, pastry style is a stout just with you know more desserty Sweeter. ingredients. Italian style Pilsner is a Pilsner that has more hops in it. Sure. So if it's really close to a style, I think that'll keep it close, which might be good news for people who like uh, uh, sours that are the smoothie sours. Smoothie sours. But like all the lactose beers, that seems completely out of left field to me. Yeah. So that might be one that maybe fades after a while. I don't know. I don't um, hope so. I don't like the poops that gives me. If it's just if it's close enough, I think it can last. If it's really out of left field, I think that's where it might run out. I like. Hopefully that made sense. We kind of wandered and meandered a little bit, but it was an open discussion about. No, trends. that worked. That worked. This is what happens when we don't plan things. Yes, that's true. We get forty minutes of uh, discussion. Open discussion. You're welcome. Figuring things out as we speak. <laughs> All right, let's get to a beer of the week next. So you you want to do the pastry stout? Yeah, sure. All right, we got a pastry stout coming up next. This is Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the week time. Here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Oh, that one like... It splashed everywhere. It exploded. That's what she said. That's what she said. So the beer of the week is a pastry stout. Actually, it's funny. I didn't pick this up knowing it was a pastry stout. I picked this up because I like dark beers and I like these two breweries and I like the ingredients that are probably in this beer. Um, so the only time I've ever had a dark beer that was sold to me as a nut beer was, I want to say it was earlier last year. It was a trapdoor like nut tree nut porter. I think it was. That sounds familiar. And it was something like that. And I looked at the ingredients and I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. I just didn't love it. Uh, I I don't know if they used the real ingredients or not. It just, it just didn't sit with me. And I didn't even really realize it was a pastry beer. It was just kind of, oh, that's interesting. And let me try it. So I saw this on Instagram yesterday, actually. And I was like, oh, another beer that's a nut beer, except this one's a stout, uh, not a porter. And I was like, okay, well, let's, let's give it a try again because I... I really enjoy the flavors that peanuts and cashews and walnuts and pecans and all those nuts kind of bring into beers, right? Except for when I, you know, I can go to anaphylactic shock. Well, yeah, I mean, if you have issues with it, but uh, <laughs> I really enjoy it. And um, there's no peanuts in this. That's good. I uh, I guess the one that I've had that I've liked has always been the Backwoods Pecan Pie Porter. Yep, that's they've your jam. done. They've done that well. So this is Backwoods doing it with grains of wrath. Booyah! So it should work out well. Hopefully, two friends of the show brewed with hazelnuts, cashews. And walnuts, no Yum. nuts, no glory, 8%. And that's all I got. Well, I'm curious because I think what happened with the other one that I had from Trapdoor. I believe this is brewed at Backwoods. Okay. Everyone's uh, getting in their collabs now. You notice that? I did. Everyone's doing collabs now. I think it's, uh, hey, how do we keep making new cans of beer that's interesting for people to buy during COVID? Yeah. I and like and we all survived together, so let's party together. Um, I think the thing that I struggled with with the trapdoor one was the sweetness of the beer overpowered any sort of flavor that the nuts would have brought into it. Mm -hmm. um, and what I'm hoping to get in this beer is an actual like 
nuttiness that isn't being overpowered by anything else that's in the stout. Yeah. So you took the first sip. I took the first sip. Um, this beer is very dry. Which uh, is up your alley for Yeah, stouts? especially for an 8%. Um, I get some of the real, I think like the nuts are giving it kind of a real kind of creaminess to it, which is kind of nice. Uh, because, you know, I always try to think about this. It, cashews is such a funny thing. Cashews are such a funny thing to me. They're obviously one of the most flavorful, popular nuts out there. Well, they're technically mm-hmm. not a nut, apparently. Oh, really? I think they're are they like, a root. They're like a legume. Or are they a legume? Okay. Yeah. Um, but cashews are, are one of the uh, are kind of one of the one of the cool nuts of the world. And I always think about this because I've had great cashew cheese in my life. Mm. That it's like now I always think when people make things with cashews. I'm almost anticipating some sort of creaminess to it. Not necessarily in flavor, but more in like texture. Well, yeah. I mean, if you think about, if you've ever had like They're cashew. A sweet. Cashews are a touch sweet. If you've ever had cashew. Salty, obviously. Cashew butter. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Mm-hmm. It becomes a very, like when, even this might sound disgusting. So, you know, if you're easy to gag, apologies. But if you're eating cashews and like. You put like four in your mouth, and the first one gets bitten down, and it starts to kind of like melt before you swallow. Mm, yeah, it becomes kind of like cashew butter, mm-hmm. and it becomes very creamy. Yeah, which is yeah. So if it's being brewed that way, then yes, I can hundred percent see that. Yeah, I dig this a lot. Um, the ABV, I, it doesn't taste too hot to me for eight percent, so that's kind of nice. Uh, I I mean, it's it's sweeter than I would want it to be. But as long as you know that going into, and I think when you looked at look at it, you're going to assume it is. I will say this: uh, the sweetness pales in comparison to how sweet the other one was. Um, it's just in terms of like it's much more manageable in this the, beer. Uh, the trapdoor, the trapdoor one. Trap you were thinking one. Of. Um, this one, it does have a little sweetness to the point where it's like, ooh, okay, that's sweet. But that quickly gets kind of cut by the nuts. To be honest with mm-hmm. you, I think the the nut flavor kind of comes in. And, balances that out a little bit yeah and it is very dry it's a cool beer i like it this is a cool beer no nuts no glory mixed nuts style eight percent collab brewers united collab brewed with hazelnuts cashews and walnuts grains of wrath and backwards i really enjoy the back end of the sip as well it leaves a good dry creaminess nuttiness on the back of your palate instead of it being sweet at the back end Instead of it being bitter or anything like that, it's just kind of smooth and tasty. Yeah, I this like is that. a good beer. Well done. All right, that's our beer of the week. Got to get out of here now. We're, we ran kind of long in the segment today. So thank you guys so much for listening. Instagram.com slash beers on us. Facebook.com slash beers on us. At beers on us pod on Twitter. And uh, DM us in all those places. We'll get back to you or at least we'll see it and bring it up on the podcast like we've done as well. Uh, we'll be back next week every single Thursday at 4. Like, like, rate, subscribe, review, and download wherever you find us. We'll see you guys next week. Good morning,